In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that is appearing on two different shows at the same time right now. Now nah, that's not us. That's Kenny Amanda. Well, I mean, it could be. They could be. One person could be listening to one of our prior podcasts. Let's call it pre-recorded. Yes. And the and other he... person could be listening to us on this now. Yes. Pre-recorded podcast. Po- post-recorded? Is there such a thing as that? <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, go with it. Joining me as always, of course, I'm Detective Mark Sparks. I'm joined by my partner in crime, fighting District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? I, I'm wrapping my head around straight the concept of us being the podcast that has two different listens to same yes. wrestling podcast. Mm-hmm. I can uh, almost guarantee that has happened to Simon, but it's not happening right now. Correct. Or maybe it is, but um, don't care. <laughs> I'm still going to say it. Uh, not joining us this week for this episode, JLB, uh, because he's got like study for college, stuff like that. Because he lives in Canada yeah. and it's cold and daytime goes from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Yeah, all through. Um, <laughs> we would like to remind you that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So once you're done listening to this and, of course, liking, sharing, and subscribing, head on over to tatnusco.com and check out the other shows on the network. Yeah. But we will get into the wrestling crimes for this week. Um, I would like to point out to everyone, if this show sounds a little different, we're using a different method to record. Uh, We're hoping that it improves our quality and makes everything a lot easier. So um, if if you notice a difference, that's it. If you like it, send us a message saying, I like it. If you don't like it, then shut your pie hole and get used to it. Actually, if you don't like it, tell us so we can make sure we're using the better system. I guess. I guess. If you don't like it, give us constructive feedback. That's boring. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know if you want to go first or if you want me to go first. Oh, my. Uh, that sure sounds like a go first, Smarts, because I don't know what I'm going to talk about yet. I, I mean, I could. Uh, I want to I try and not make it about Kenny Omega Impact or AEW right now. Ooh, that's tough. <laughs> Little tough. Well, I'll go ahead and start, and I'll uh, break that seal right now. Um, my crime, crime number one, uh, AEW suffered a bit from the post-winter-is-coming blues, but overall, the combined show with Impact was a ton of fun. There was a lot of great stuff happening. Uh, makes me exciting. Um, and, you know, even I, like I mentioned before, uh, someone posted a meme because I didn't think of it myself because I'm not that smart. Um, but pointed out that today, uh, while Triple Mania for Triple A, Triple Mania was on and Kenny Omega defended his Triple A Mega Championship against the Laredo Kid, he also appeared at Impact Wrestling's, whatever they called their streaming pay-per-view today. Ooh, Genesis is back. 
Yes, they did announce Genesis is back, so that's going to be. But he appeared, so he appeared on two separate programs at the same time. Well, not exact moment, same time, but within the same time. Uh, and he's the first person since Rick Rude in 1997 to have done that. Uh, so that's really member, cool. Rick Rude was also the first member ever. We both heard of NWO and DX. Mm-hmm. Did it before Xbox slash six. That's also pretty impressive. Yes. So, so it was, uh, it was a fun show, not super eventful. And, you know, uh, we could pick it apart and talk about how Kenny Omega really didn't announce anything on either show. They made a lot of hints about things, but they didn't really like he hinted that there were big things and surprises, but nothing really happened. Um, but it doesn't really matter because we had uh, Orange Cassidy versus MJF for the Dynamite Diamond Ring final. Um, we had the seven day, uh, what, what, what did he call it? Um, seven day, anyways, challenge to the inner circle where they had to put put up or shut up if, if the inner circle was going to stay together, which I really thought was going to combine into the same storyline, right? I really thought, and I and maybe I still think that this is the way they should have done it, but they did not do it this way, so no, I'm whatever. But I really thought the storyline was going to be Sammy Guevara promises to behave uh, at the inner circle meeting, and then during the MJF match versus Orange Cassidy, he's the one who costs MJF the match and the ring. Didn't have it, and they didn't do that. Uh, and so I, I am still 100% certain that they're setting up for either Sammy or MJF to turn on the other. Um, I think, to me, it makes did more we sense. Get that from Wardlow. We did get a little bit of that from Wardlow. We got, I mean, we got a lot of hints um, of it coming from a lot of people. I, I really think that that's the the storyline that they're definitely going to, and that it's going to be with uh, Sammy Guevara playing face for a while. Um, and yes, Sammy Guevara has about the most punchable face you'll see on AEW, so he really works well as a heel. But do you know what gets you the absolute most heel heat? Being a face for a while and then turning on someone major, right? I don't know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure MJF than if he was ever a face. In, I, like, I, we I all think... knew he was a douche tool when he was Cody's pal. Yeah, but that's the deal is, is we all knew he was a tool and gonna get, uh, gonna turn on Cody eventually, but he became a bigger heel by turning on Cody. That, that set him up to be, uh, from a mid-carder to a main eventer concept, right? Um, but that's gonna be, in my opinion, that's what they're gonna do with, uh, Sammy Guevara. He's gonna be a face for a while. He's, uh, cause he's gonna turn on the inner circle and see the better ways and all of that stuff. It's gonna be a face. He's gonna do some team ups with some of the other faces. Uh, and then he's gonna turn on someone. He's gonna turn on someone really popular. Someone like an Orange Cassidy. I mean, can you imagine if they built it up where Orange Cassidy and Sammy Guevara started uh, tagging together, uh, you know, and leading to eventually a title match or whatever, and then Sammy just turns on him, helps the My other. My challenge to that is Orange Cassidy is always maybe and Sammy both are his best friend. Possibly, but I just think to leave the inner circle, you're going to get face pop for that just because I, they're the heel group. 
you know? Yeah. So you play it off without going to the Four Horsemen sting well too many times because I know eventually people are going to be like, all he ever does is talk about Sting and the Four Horsemen, how Sting's the most... So without doing that, go ahead. But I'm going to go to that well. <laughs> um, because that's the deal is that turned Flair like super heel by doing that. And everyone knew Flair was a heel by default, right? Has anyone in the history of wrestling ever thought Flair was a face? Not full-time. But he would have these runs where he would team with someone and he'd go against the Four Horsemen or he'd team with someone and, and the Four Horsemen wouldn't be around or whatever. And it always led up to him eventually turning on that person and going back to the Four Horsemen or to Evolution or to whatever, you know? Uh, that's, that's what Sammy Guevara is going to do. He's going to team up with someone who's super popular as a face. He's going to be a face. They're going to go through a bunch of stuff together, have up and ups and downs. Just when the face thinks he can trust him, that's when he's going to turn back to heel and he will get the most that you've ever seen him get. Like ever. more than him going against Matt Hardy, right? Ever? Ever. <laughs> but. So your crime here is what? My crime is it's suffering a bit, but overall being good. This is a good crime. I'm. I realized that for a couple weeks I went kind of dark and and uh, vicious crime, uh, uh, firing everyone in the universe a couple weeks ago. So I wanted to keep this one kind of positive. This was this was a good week for AEW and Impact, even though uh, Impact wasn't exactly the the best show overall. Okay, thanks. Uh, if I was going to do an AEW Impact one, I was going to go after that. It wasn't the best show overall, but a lot of its problems were not directly related to... No, since they pre-recorded everything. They pre-recorded things, and so it's, they were shoehorning in this storyline that they didn't know was coming. Um, it also, it exposes some flaws of Impact. I'll be the first to admit, Impact's not perfect. That's why they're uh, number third, if anything. Um, they had to, ever since the loss of the revenue that they had with Dixie Carter and uh, uh, Global Force Wrestling, they had to drastically reduce their production staff. And it shows in their backstage vignettes and promos, right? They're not of the level that AEW currently for ba even backstage stuff. They are certainly not at the level that a WWE or an NXT vignette, right? Yeah. Um, their JLB texted and he was like, oh, the acting is horrible. I don't necessarily think I would say the acting is horrible, but I do. During the Sammy Callahan promo, though, that it was. Sammy Callahan promo was. If JLB's first exposure to Sammy Callahan was that promo, I understand why he was like, oh, it's so bad. That was awful for Sammy. It was horrible overall, but it was really bad for Sammy. But yeah, I would argue that a lot of that comes down to production. Because they don't have this big production team that a WWE or Impact does. Uh, script writing, because they effectively don't have any real script writers. Well, and, and that's a really long storyline. Callahan Eddie Edwards is a really long story that has been dead for nine months. Yeah. It also so, doesn't help. And this is going to be me throwing, throwing some shade towards the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. Um, but... Kid, 
get Sammy Callahan out of that program. Ken Shamrock is not doing Sammy Callahan anymore. Ken Shamrock is doing anybody. And, uh, and, the, and this is, uh, with all due respect, Ken Shamrock had my favorite ankle lock ever in WWE. I loved the fact that his veins would pop out of his forehead as he had people locked in it. Phenomenal. Yeah, 30 or 25 years ago. Oh, yeah, but 25 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's he's not doing anyone good in Impact right now. As a wrestling character, he could do a lot of good as a mentor character, um, which we will get to with Sting, I'm sure. But as a active wrestling character, I don't think he's doing anyone um I feel like Sting's gonna do something. I, I think Sting's gonna do at least one match. I do believe he'll do a match. Sting, Sting's gonna be very face for a short while. I feel like that's your. I really do. When I said that I thought maybe his next path is a heel path. Man, I watched that promo this week, Wednesday, not the prior week, and I, I was like, oh my god, you're gonna turn on Cody. Holy crap. Um, it was kind of fun to see Cody's face flaw, fall flat when Sting said, Cody, I'm not here for you. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you're the coach, you got an arm. And maybe that's not what's happening. Maybe it's still the Darby thing that we all think. Yeah. Well, that's what I... I think I just feel I feel like there's a sting heel turn solidly in this. The the only reason I don't is is mostly because for Sting to turn heel, it would require him wrestling multiple matches. Um and I don't think he's got multiple matches in him. Like not to the quality that we just expect. Superface Darby. Um I I think I think him mentoring person and doing a couple team up matches where effectively all he does, and I think we talked about this on FBI last week, all he does is come in, deliver a couple stinger splashes, a scorpion death drop, and then uh, tag the other guy back in, and the other guy delivers Just say it, the hits a coffin drop. Hits a coffin drop, yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, and wins. That sort of thing I think is going to happen. It, do I think maybe he eventually turns heel? Possibly. Um, and a, what better way to turn heel than again? mentoring Darby Allen for a few months, looking like you're building Darby Allen up to be the next star, and then sacrificing him to someone else. Cody or Brian Cage. Yeah, you know? there's a whole bunch of you there. Um, and, and they don't do anything in a couple months. That's two and a half years. Yeah. I mean, that's, the, the thing with AEW is when we talk about long-term storyline, they know what they're doing. At least they've shown that so far. It was over a year in between two Kenny Omega versus John Moxley matches. After the first one, Kenny Omega tweeted at John Moxley and said, "Your mistake was you didn't kill me. I'm back. I'll be back at some point." And almost a year to the day after that is when he won his shot at Kenny Omega and and was coming after him for the title. That's a phenomenal storyline. Yeah, did they maybe luck into it a bit? Sure. I bet you they originally planned on it happening earlier, but COVID put it off longer. But it still means that they planned it to be a six-month storyline and it turned into a year story. Yeah, I, I just, I think there's a happy medium somewhere between what WWE does in the three-week booking and the AEW method of a year and a half. And again, we don't know that, that that's necessarily going to be AEW's mantra because for three quarters of their existence we've had a pandemic. Yeah. And that's why I I think that 
I think they fully intended on the match between Kenny Omega and John Moxley to be at the latest at Double or Nothing a couple months ago. Uh, but the pandemic forced them to kind of put it off. And I think they were really trying to put it off long enough that they could have big crowds again. Uh, but eventually you have to pull a trigger on something like that. And a year is a good time to pull that trigger. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. do, do I think overall their storylines typically are better and longer? Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, you, because you say you WWE's three-week booking. It's more like week-to-week booking because... Everything looks yeah, like they're going one way, and then Vince McMahon just sours on someone for no apparent reason. Yeah, but Damn. remember, my I mark out not for all WWE. I mark out specifically NXT, and that that is pay per view to pay per view, um, and their pay per views are three months, but they also get and so their 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 best product obviously is the one Vince stays out of. Um, but uh, when you're forced to watch Raw and you booked sort of a match for the pay-per-view that you can actually say that that's through. But you're right. I mean, there's times where we go into the pay-per-view only knowing the main event, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Because fuck actual pathways. But so, so in the end, my crime is that AEW and Impact were a ton of fun this week, even though Impact had some downside. It still was fun to see uh, yo, their women's matches were fun. Their their matches, just in general, they're telling some fun storylines with Ethan Page and Josh Alexander, the North, right now, trying to earn their shot at the tag belts that the Good Brothers have. Um, was it quite as good as I was hoping it would be? It fell a little short of what I was really hoping. I was really hoping they'd have Kenny Omega in the ring at Impact, basically saying, "I challenge whoever. I'm the I'm the I'm the boss now. Look at me. I'm the captain now." Um, and they didn't really have that. They also didn't have him announce anything major. They hinted like he was, but he never I, did on either. I think I think the biggest announcement he made is that it sounds like he's going to try and collect all of them, mm-hmm. which he'll never be able to do with WWE. But no. I think he wants to overlap as many of them as he can at one time. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see if, I mean, you know, he retained his Triple Mania Mega Championship, so he still has that. Um, Go after one of the Impact Championships, whichever one. It would be fun to see him, instead of going after Rich Swan, go after him, take the TNA. That looks like that's a match to happen, though. Yeah, it's he's expected to be back on Impact this coming week. A lot of people are expecting him to go after Rich Swan after Rich Swan retained and then moves. Yeah, well, he handed Rich Swan the title. Yeah, uh, tease that. But I, I would prefer just Kenny Omega coming in and saying, "I don't need to go after you, Rich Swan. The TNA Championship's the one I'm after. That's the one with the pedigree. That's the one with the, the storyline behind it." Uh, but. I would also, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him show up on on NWA or Ring of Honor now with their so relationship. So you're referencing growth. Omega going after the TNA. I thought you were yeah. talking about uh, about. I I think Moose is trying to unify. Yes, I think that Moose might be, but I think the storyline I want to see is Kenny Omega go into Impact and say, "I don't care about Rich Swan's title. I want the TNA World Championship. I want Moose." Because I think to me. Nothing against Rich Swan. What a Swan. triple threat, huh? Yeah. You got a guy who can, who can, who has the strength of Moose and moves like Rich Swan, taking on Moose and Rich Swan. Yep. In a triple threat. 
So, um, no, he's not as strong as Moose. I get it. But, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him on NWA. Obviously, AEW has a decent enough relationship with Billy Corgan and NWA for the Thunder Rosa segments and, and Serena Deeb, NWA world champion, despite being an AEW signed wrestler. So why did Corgan sell out? So he sold the, he sold the impact over to, uh, uh Corgan never had anything with impact. Uh, Jeff Jarrett had, no, I uh, thought Corgan was with impact for a while. Uh, he, uh, yeah, Comment he was technically, he was, just he, he was on the booking committee, but he didn't have any ownership. Oh, okay. Um, and it was part of due to his ownership of NWA. Uh, I think at the time they were, or at least his involvement with NWA. I don't know if he owned it yet at the time, but I think at the time, uh, impact was thinking about forming a partnership with NWA. Um, gotcha. But he never had any ownership in NA or Impact at all. Uh, I think he was just there as a booker because he's he's a lifelong think, wrestling fan. You know, he's, I think this ends up elevating at least four products, and I don't know that it makes any one of them the number one, the number one company in terms of revenue. But I know it makes all of them more revenue. Yeah, and it definitely is good for all of them. And what what I think Vince fails to see is that it's going to make him more because there are more interest in wrestling again. Yep. I think to me the best production product there is not the best wrestling product not the best storyline product but yeah. the best oh. production product there is yeah. I don't think anyone can really argue the production capabilities that WWE brings are bar none the best in the business right yeah uh, a impact is far behind AEW is still pretty far behind Ring of Honor is far behind uh, New Japan in in Japan gets fairly close but that's in japan you know and when you come to new japan's american product it's far behind um well the other I, thing about new japan is that you have um silent audiences mm -hmm. we see yeah, the, it's the a, effect it, that has in america <laughs> it's yeah it's a different sort of product uh yeah. but but i think if if i were Billy Corgan right now, I would be looking at trying to reestablish NWA as what NWA was originally. Not its own promotion, but as the God-level unifying. unifying title, right? Where uh, all of these other independent promotions were under it. And so they could have their own champion. There could be the AEW champion, but then there was also the NWA champion. He was the one who fought it everything. So then you could have Nick Aldis show up on AEW to challenge Cody. And Cody could win yeah. the NWA title for a short period of time. Um, and not be the AEW world champion, but be the NWA champion. Um, and then Cody would show up on Impact and lose it to... Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan or Eddie Edwards or something. Make it better for for them and, and all that. Anyways, that's that's mine. Uh, like I said, I still enjoyed it. I wish there was a little bit more substance to the Kenny Omega so far, but you know, like I said, he's going to be back on Impact again this week, uh, so we'll see what happens there. I mean, obviously they're teasing a Good Brothers reunion, a Bullet Club reunion of some sort. I don't. I think this is about Hugh Kenny. I think this is the leader. Well, yeah, but he was the cleaner in Bullet Club, so uh, they could have that all together. You know, in Bullet Club, the Good Brothers were his enforcers. They were his Arn and Tully. All I can say is right now, do you think that AJ is going to 
God dang it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Finn might be thinking about the same thing. I mean, he's like, yeah, I'm the NXT world champion right now, but God, that would be a fun storyline to be a part of. But, that's a tough, that's a tough beat right there. But we'll go ahead and move on to you. What do you got? All right. So, um, as I mentioned, I really, um, I've been trying to avoid doing the same old, same old, um, and only talking about AEW and Impact. Obviously, I do have my opinions on that. It's my rant about Sammy Kelly. <laughs> um, I, I guess my biggest rant right now is the Hunter interview. Um, so I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna charge Hunter with the crime of being a big fat liar, because he said in an interview the night after we find out the DNA and or that, sorry, Impact and AEW are doing a crossover. Oh, WWE, you'd be happy to entertain the idea of a crossover. What? In what world? Yeah. When has that ever been a thing for WWE? That wasn't a thing when it was a thing, you know. <laughs> So, I don't know. Um, I just think it's a vicious, horrible, out-and-out lie crime. No, I agree. It's. I think it's 100% just covering their bases. They're like, ah, AEW's doing it. We would be willing to do it, too. Yeah, well, here's herein lies the problem. They wouldn't be willing to do it and lose. And I think, I think we're going to see an AEW loss or two or three. And if you had... I don't know, We'll just use Sami Zayn. By the way, great shirt. Good move, WWE, on the shirt. I am Sami Zayn. Fantastic. Anyway, if they were going to have Sami Zayn go up against Rich Swan, they're going to insist that Sami Zayn wins. And he's not their top champion, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, part of what makes... Part of what makes uh, a good wrestler great is the willingness to take the loss. Um... It's it's not historic today. You know, we, we had guys like the Road Warriors, we had guys like um, Hogan and and um, by the way, I watched a recap of um, Survivor series from eighty nine whatever whatever ticker came out. So it would have been ninety. Survivor series ninety. Um, and hey, you're, how you're crackling considerably. Better? Yeah, I think. Um how incredibly horrible is it to watch Under or not Undertaker to watch uh, Hogan and Ultimate Warrior both argue about who's gonna celebrate in the ring so much for seven minutes trying to get the other person to leave the ring first, like holding the ropes for the other person. Nah, we're gonna celebrate. Holding the ropes for the other person. Nah, we're gonna celebrate. Like it is horrible to watch two guys that are all about themselves try and make the other guy break first i guess i don't know <laughs> but but my crime flat out is perjury and it's against trips and um you just you just lied i mean you lied sort of wrestling fan review and i would have told you that cody was lying prior to this happening if cody had said that Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm so, I was so convinced. No, they just don't want. No program wants to work with another program. Um, when they tried, somebody screwed somebody. Uh, this is Suzuchka Okada uh, being the example uh, in Impact. Um, they just don't know how to do it. so. That's that's my crime. Um, it's a faux crime. It's 
but it's the it's the worst thing WWE did this week. It well, really yeah. Is. Here's the deal. Kind of like you alluded to, we just know Vince McMahon well enough over the years that even if it's NXT crossing over with him, Vince is going to stick his head in and be like, no, we're not losing. None of my people are going to look bad against your people, period. Uh, yeah. E- even knowing, we've talked about it before, you can lose and still look good, right? Uh, losing is not inherently looking bad, but in Vince's mind, it would be. If his people went up against, like you said, if Sami Zayn went up against Rich Swan, Vince would be like, Sami Zayn has to win. Uh, but Rich Swan's their world champion, and Sami Zayn's just their intercontinental champion. Doesn't matter. Sami Zayn has to win, right? We need our Intercontinental Championship to look better than their world champion. Uh, so even if they did work with, he wouldn't be sending his top stars. He would be sending his mid-tiers. And then he would be insisting that they win. Well, and, and so let's pretend that he sends his top star. Let's pretend that he sends and Roman takes on Sammy Callahan. And so you have, let's let's say it's two matches. Two matches. 50-50 booking. Sammy Callahan can schmoz win over Roman. And um, with with a Heyman turn, and um, and Sami Zayn's gonna get a legit win, and because Sami Callahan's getting this huge win over Roman, Impact says, uh, okay, okay, that's fine. It's still he's gonna insist on it being a schmod, and and then he won't then he won't carry over the storylines because remember DIY was feuding with each other on Wednesday, and on Friday they were a tag team. Yep. So he, in his own company, he can't keep the storyline straight. Well, and even more than that, Vince McMahon has gone a long time pretending, at least in kayfabe, pretending that the other places don't exist. Yeah. Well, they never mention AJ Styles is a former Impact World Champion and, and you know, NWJP World Champion, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Right? No, they're just like they don't even say how many championships he has. No. Like the only person they do that with was Ric Flair. Yeah. And it's only because they bought the company he held most of the other champions. Yeah. Right? If they'd never bought WCW, Ric Flair in their mind would be a eight-time world champion. Like two-time. He didn't have very many at all. Most of them were NWA slash WCW. So no, I... And that's the deal. Like you say, it it would be a one-off shot if they ever did anything. Just a one-shot and... And it would not be mentioned on WWE uh, at all. Unless it was happening on theirs. Because here, here's the deal. The funny thing is, uh, I can actually send you a video I saw about a month ago. Um, let me see if I can find it. Vince McMahon made an appearance uh, at an indie show. This was years ago. Uh, it was an indie show. John Cena was at it in 2007. Okay. John Cena made an appearance at an indie show. He was on a short break from WWE. He was at this indie show. Uh, Let me see if I can find the name of the uh, company. It doesn't even say in this article. Uh, And indie promotion in Massachusetts. And Vince McMahon showed up at at the match. Chaotic Wrestling. That's what the name of the show is. John Cena is the special guest referee for a match between... Uh, two guys, Rick Fuller and Brian Malonis, not names that I know offhand. Um, and Vince McMahon shows up in the match. And um, did you hear about that on WWE TV at all? 
Uh-uh. No? You'd think that would have been something that they could have crowed about on WWE TV. Look, we did a crossover. Yeah. Well, that's that's like them claiming, you know, the closest you're going to get to that is them claiming the crossover that, that uh, oh, CM Punk did on his own when he, when he came in and, and GTS somebody with a mask on. Not admitting he was CM Punk. WWE's yeah. like, well, that was our doing because he, he was going to be at our show in four months, five months. You know, like, it doesn't work, Vince. Yeah. I got to keep trying to get him alive. But that's the deal is, is they, A, Hunter did it, Trips did it entirely because of all of the press that AEW was getting for oh, yeah. crossing over with Impact, right? And so he's like, yeah, we'd do that too. Uh, just try, but B, I don't think it helped. I don't think it did anything. In the end, AEW, uh, for two weeks in a row, were within striking distance of a million viewers on their show. Um, and I think they were under 5,000 short of a million this, this week. Uh, They're going to get talk. That's what's going to happen there. And, and it's going to take Impact putting out a better product. For that talk to her. Did I lose you? Yeah. No. I'm sorry. I was looking up there. Um, AEW uh, did, yeah, 5,000 short of a million. 995,000 viewers. Um, uh, and then uh, NXT only did uh, 660,000, uh, about 659,000, I think. Um, AEW was number two in the top 150 for the 18 to 49 demo. And NXT was 37. And that's that's the statistic that we have to keep in mind anytime we talk about these ratings. Raw number of people is not what the networks are looking at. It's great for them to get raw number of people, right? Um, but the networks are looking at that demo. <clears throat> what number of people they're getting in that demo. And uh, to be number two in the cable for 18 to 49, that's huge. A, a NXT didn't uh, make it even into the top 30. Um, and they were 55 in total view. Uh, no, excuse me, 75 in total view. So uh, so that's two weeks in a row that AEW is number two in the demo. That's a huge thing that they're getting because of all of this press and because of all this talk and this partnership. And NXT is flabbergasted because they're getting one up. They're getting outshowmen. Greatest show on earth is getting outshowmen. You know, um, now don't get me wrong. I, as a Sting fan, 100% would like to believe that Sting showing up on AEW played into it as well. Um, and and in terms of viewership, quarter hour breakdown, I think the Sting quarter hours did really well. But that's that wasn't, in my opinion, the driving force behind these ratings. It was a cool thing, but it's this impact partnership with Kenny Omega that's being the, the big driving force, if I'm... If I'm honest, we've seen, heard, and we've seen it. Yep. You know what we haven't seen since NWA was National Wrestling Alliance a crossover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just doesn't happen. And that's where I mean, it's really exciting to watch, and I'm I'm excited for it. And yeah, uh, Impact Wrestling is is seeing a huge boom out of it too. Uh, and I am sure they're 100% happy with what's happened. I mean, their their Twitch stream was exponentially 
more watched than it normally is. Oh, yeah. Like, like I think they normally get like 5,000 views and they were at 55,000. That's huge for Impact Track. Moments where they're really, really pleasant to have a Twitch stream. Yeah. Yeah, if they were running it themselves, uh, they would have had some problems. Um, let's see if I can figure out what Impact Wrestling's viewership. Tuesday's episode drew... 166,000 viewers. Uh, not Yeah, that's sweet. Uh, normally, they've been in that low 100,000, so they definitely had more views on their TV show. But, you know, to keep in mind with that, Access TV is not in as many households as TNT. Uh, it's definitely not in as many households. Which went up mm-hmm. by 50,000. Yep. And so, so, like I said, Kenny Omega will be back on Impact again this week. If you don't have Access TV on your on your channel listing, Twitch TV. They have their channel. They put the same show up there. It's broadcast live on Twitch as well. So head on over there to watch it. Um, It's a ton of fun. They've got some great fun things. They've got some really cheesy storylines like the Who Shot Johnny Bravo storylines. It's cheesy, but it's fun. Um, But the the wrestling quality can't be questioned. They've got some of the best non-WWE wrestlers you can expect, you know? Uh, I think Rosemary is a fantastic women's wrestler. I think Jordan Grace might be one of my favorite women's wrestlers on the planet. Uh, Taya Valkyrie is phenomenal. Uh, Tennille Dashwood, formerly Emma. Um, uh, You know, they've got a bunch of them. They've got got a tag team of really big guys called Triple XL. I think I, I saw something that, like, AC Romero, who's one of the members of Triple XL, he's a huge guy. Uh, and they uh, they mentioned the other day, uh, I think it was like back in September, they mentioned that he'd lost a hundred pounds in the last four months. That is a fuck ton of weight to have lost, especially in four months. But I. I bet most people can go through their entire lives and not know a single person who's lost a hundred pounds, right? I mean, that's an entire person, really. But what's crazy is he's still a fucking huge guy. And we are now up to rated R, twice. Uh, but he is huge. Um, yeah, huge. But like, I when they mentioned that, I was like, yeah, he lost that much weight? Um, Anyways, so watch Impact if you get a chance. Twitch.tv, um, you can watch it there, or you can watch it on Access TV, um, or you can do like I do and probably record it and watch it later. So like, I have to ask you, I know they used to be dubs, but you also Okay, you're getting really quiet, so uh, I can barely hear you. I can hear you a little better now. There we go, my mic fell. Okay. So I know that uh, you're not just a mark for just AEW, but also for their internet-based show, uh, AEW Dark. Um, is there a dilemma for you? I mean, what's your watch order? Um, AEW Dark is, is the one that I try to watch live if possible. Um, it's a little tough, though. I'll walk you through part of why it's tough. Uh, and that's because AEW Dark has almost no bearing on the storylines in AEW. It's probably my biggest problem with AEW Dark is that it's got some great wrestling and they they mention it. It's canon according to uh, AEW Dynamite. They mentioned the results on TV 
they have a ticker that comes up on every dynamite that tells the results of AEW Darkness. But none of the storylines come through from Dark. None of it matters in that respect, right? And that's part of why it I struggle with it because I really like it. They've got a lot of good stuff going from it, but it just doesn't seem to matter. Whereas Impact Wrestling, that's their night, that's their show. What happens on that matters. Um, but along the other lines, uh, I think AEW just always, in my mind, takes precedence uh, first. Now, I would love to see AEW Dark be treated like a real show, a real part of the continuity. Um, Because the problem that I have a lot of the times with AEW Dark is the matches are pretty predictable. Uh, Mostly because they're... It's Young Bucks versus the talent. Yeah, for the most part. So, so like, I'm going to read out the announced matches for this week's AEW Dark. Um, and I bet we can predict with, let's see, how many total matches are there? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 total matches announced for AEW Dark. I bet of those 14, we can predict them right now with more than 90% accurate. I bet we can get... 13 out of the 14 spot on. Really? Um, so let's go through. Uh, I know you you typically watch NXT first. That's your priority, and that's fine. But you also then watch AEW, right? So you're yeah. familiar with their new tag team, The Acclaimed, right? Uh, with the rap gimmick. Okay, yes. Right. Uh, first match announced. The Acclaimed versus local talent Louis Valley and Mike Magnum. The Acclaimed are going to win that. They're the signed team that's that's they're pushing to be a big deal. Okay. Uh Dark Orders Anna J versus local enhancement talent. I say enhancement talent. I really like her, but Danny Jordan. Do do you not give Anna J a win here? You're trying to build her up as a powerhouse woman's wrestler from Dark Order. Okay. Uh Baron Black versus Brandon Cutler. If you say who's Baron Black? you're probably in the minority, uh, my majority there. So Brandon Cutler probably gets the win. He's on a five win, five match win streak right now. Since he finally won a match, he's won the last five. Uh, Brian Cage versus VSK, a local guy. Yeah. Uh, Chaos Project down. versus Best Friends. To be perfectly honest, that might be the, the closest one of them. I could see them give Chaos Project a, a win be- against Best Friends because they don't have Best Friends on a hot streak right now. But I would bet the best friends win, right? Uh, Ricky Starks versus Sothera Kuhn. I think it's pronounced Kuhn. It's a C followed by two H's and then U-N. Kuhn? Chun? Let's find out. Um, I don't know who that person is, so I'm thinking Ricky Starks wins that one, right? Sure. Uh, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno versus a tag team I have no experience with called Bear Country. Bear I think, Country? I think Stu like Grayson... Yeah, yeah. Here's hoping. That'd be fun. Uh, Sean Dean and Fuego Del Sol versus Jurassic Express. That's going to be Jurassic Express. Sunny Kiss and Joey Janela versus Ryzen and Sean Maluta. Yeah, obviously Sunny Kiss. Yeah. Casey Lennox versus Ivalice. Danny Limelight versus Matt Seidel. Ooh, I kind of want to see Danny Limelight win, but pretty sure it's Matt Seidel. Mm-hmm. Uh, AEW Women's Champion Hikaru Shida versus Kylan King. Now, the only reason that that might go differently would be if Abaddon shows up. 
right? Yeah, I mean, you can't book the whole story. Mm-hmm. But you, I mean, it's not hard to figure out how that's going to go on Dark. Yep. Leva Bates versus Skylar Moore. Ooh, um, maybe Skylar. Yeah, possibly. And then the final match, Tay Conti versus Free Estates. Never heard of Free Estates before. So I'm going to go with Tay Conti. Before she wrestles ever again. Freya? I mean, if she wants to keep the last name States, then she might as well go with United for her first name. I feel like that sells better. So you're, you're, you're obviously last week you chose Impact first. Because we are, you are also crunched on Tuesdays being forced into um, a podcast. I mean, we we do a podcast Tuesday nights. So you're going to be in a spot where you're kind of crunched during during this crossover. Mm -hmm. Last week you had, I mean, who didn't? Yeah. If I were AEW, if I were AEW right now, I would time shift dark either forward or backward. Um, Just so it didn't overlap with impact. So that you didn't see viewership drop because they were going off to Impact. Um, I also would do it from a standpoint, if you want Impact Wrestling to benefit as much as possible from this, setting up potential future crossovers, you don't want to counter-program them temporarily. So if I were AEW, I would time shift Dark, which is pre-recorded. You can put it whenever the heck you want, you know, uh, just so that it didn't directly impact impact uh, 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 not intended but it sure sounded that way but anyways no we we just we know hunter is just speaking out his ass he's just trying to catch in on a little bit yeah i just um, i don't understand where they're where they're like no we not only do we cross over like explain yourself enough to go we cross over we hire their people yeah Whatever, man. We cross over. NXT crossed over a whole pay-per-view last year. Or or just be the cocky SOBs that you are and say, we don't need to cross over because we're already the best. Right? Yeah, none of this middle middle of the road crap. We're already the best pro wrestling sports entertainment on the planet. We don't need to cross over with the other ones. We just wait to hire their best for us. Right? Fine. Do it. Um... We're going to move on to misdemeanors. Um, and uh, my first misdemeanor is at life for coming at me hard. Um, and hopefully this won't affect our recording schedule and everything, but um, pretty soon I'll be either getting a second job or changing jobs entirely. Um, we'll see how things work out for that. Uh, but one way or another, my watch time might be either limited or just impacted um, in terms of wrestling. So um, I'm, you know, I'm an AEW mark, so I'm going to do everything in my power to watch AEW as live as I can. Um, I'm going to try to watch Impact and Dark as live as I can. But for, th- I mean, I, I've already been struggling to watch SmackDown because of fucking Sling Fighters. But, uh, but I might not be able to watch Raw as consistently as I, I wanted to. So that might happen there. But we'll we'll see what happens. You know, we've mentioned before this this podcast, it, this isn't a moneymaker for us. We we'd love for it to be. Um we'd love for, for everyone to go out and support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash raw and order WBU, or buy t-shirts from our shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU. Um <laughs> 
you know, do those things to support us there. Uh, share the podcast with your friends and family so more people listen to it. But but here's the deal. This is our second job. It's 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 uh, doesn't pay the bills. Doesn't pay the bills. Right. Frequently makes bills. Yeah. And it's not sending us to Turks and Caicos anytime soon. That's for certain. Ah, Turks and Caicos. Good old Turks. After the snow this week, I just remember white sand beaches. Mm hmm. Yep. <sighs> Turks and Caicos. Turks and um. Anyway, but so so you know, I got I got to pay my bills around here, and Christmas is tough, and Christmas is tough for everyone, and uh, this pandemic has been tough for for everyone. So I you know I get it, you get it, and all that. But in the end, uh, you know, I got bills to pay, and so uh, I've got to be bringing in a little bit more money for at least a short period of time, and that's going to impact my ability to watch as much as possible. So for future episodes, for at least the time being, um, you can expect my charges to be limited mostly to AEW related because those that's going to be the only one that I'm going to consistently watch. It, and it's tough to not have it be that way this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can tell you, I didn't, I didn't go to, didn't go to, uh, Smackdown going, oh, I gotta find out how Roman and Jay get along this week. I don't care. Because of how fast they tell the storylines in WWE, I get over the storylines faster. Like, when they have a longer storyline, I'm just like, ah, I'm over that one. Because they aren't used to building good long-term storylines. The other uh, misdemeanor that I have for this week is uh, aimed at WWE. Uh, Big surprise there. But most specifically, Vincent Kennedy McMahon for making the decision that several people, quote, weren't ready um, and sending them back to the performance center. And specifically, I'm focusing on three people who are in the midst of major storylines right now. Um, Actually, four people who are in the midst of major storylines. And just to, to fuck them off to the performance center because you don't think they're ready. One of whom I 100% disagree with being ready. Uh, just just smacks a very poor planning on Vince McMahon's part and WWE's part. But uh, Is this why the, we haven't seen Retribution? Um, it probably plays into it because Mace is one of them that he sent back to the performance center. Uh, who's well, in the midst yeah, you... of a storyline there. Um, we mentioned that Mia Yim changed her Twitter name back to Mia Yim, so uh, retaliation might be done with retribution. Um, Otis, who until recently was in major storylines, is has been sent back to the Performance Center. What? Uh, yep. AJ's bodyguard, who is... He had a great piece, a fantastic piece with Gable this week. Yep, but apparently Vince has decided he's not ready. Um, AJ's bodyguard, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because I would butcher it and sound sound bad. Uh, try it, Black Ninja. Yes, um, he's being sent back. Now, that doesn't mean that these people aren't going to still appear on TV, but it's it just makes no sense. Uh, what what does Otis Steve work on? You've had to be a comedic character for yeah. months on end. What does Otis need work on? I don't know. Maybe not breaking up his tag team. Yeah, for no- to put him in one with, with Gable, who yeah. could run a singles run really easily on all three shows. More, I mean, more than that. Gable from Ballard run. Yeah. More, more than that, you break up his tag team so that he can go into another weird tag team and his tag team partner can become a freaking jobber. 
on Raw. Yeah. Um, Dabakato, who this one I kind of understand. I don't think Dabakato was ready for the prime time one way or another. Um, but this is more on them because no one was clamoring for Dabakato to be called up to the main roster. You did it yourself when you decided to do uh, the Raw Underground storyline. Um, and then Keith freaking Lee. What? Yeah. Keith he, Lee. That's a lose weight thing. I can almost guarantee that's a lose weight thing. Maybe. Now, now, uh, Dave Meltzer is saying not to look at this as a uh, downgrading them or a demotion or whatever. Look at this as a trying to prepare them for a future big push. Uh, but I don't I don't care what it comes down to. There is nothing about Keith Lee that's not ready for main roster. There's nothing about Keith Lee that's not ready for championship. Yeah, I mean, his mic work is fine. It's not It's not exceptional. I, uh, that's the one I won't... I'm not going to call him Goldberg and say, yes, he shouldn't have mic work because his mic work is better than... Um, and I'm not going to call him Triple H and say he's amongst the best in mic work or Cena or Kevin Owens or anything like that. Because he's not. But his abilities are better than Goldberg's in the ring. And he's got the size power that the awesome the the, the awe-striking power the awe what just happened you know and, and it was actually one of my frustrations in watching his his uh nxt championship was why aren't we seeing i don't know spanish fly off the top rope from keith lee that we've seen in the past um you know those types of things would happen and so um I, yeah i that one i entirely disagree unless it's about white work maybe it is who knows but it makes no freaking sense yeah yeah that one in particular does not make sense and maybe he's going down there because yeah is i don't know that's really strange thing such a strange thing to say but makes no <laughs> sense to me and uh i don't know what else, but yeah but yeah th that's my misdemeanors do you have any misdemeanors this week i do um i forgot it because i went on that keithley rant i'm sorry <laughs> oh my gosh well I mean the, the whole Otis destroy tag team make a tag team thing I guess kind of frustrates me um, oh I guess yeah having to watch all of Impact before I got to see anything Kenny Omega that's <laughs> a misdemeanor because it really I mean it's a very you know what it reminded me of and, and this is the show that got me hooked on wrestling all together was Saturday morning uh, recaps with Todd Pettengill. That's how Impact's been doing their shows during COVID. Um, but whew, not a fun watch. <laughs> at yeah. All. Well, and like you say, it was it was probably partially because they pre-filmed most of it, and then they were just shoehorning this storyline with with Kenny Omega in because to keep it secret, they couldn't let anyone know in it's advance coming. that it was coming. So. None of the pre-tapes were mentioning, but I have and, a couple commendations. Yeah, and the oh, thing is, I, I, I will say um, that Impact, despite my praise that I've their direction for, for lots of things, you know, like I said, their their production definitely could use. Um, yeah, they can make make a lot of improvements on production. Um, one of the big things that they could do on production to, to make things would be just upgrading their uh, just overall 
aesthetic for the ring. And I get it, they're dealing with COVID restrictions and all of this stuff, but um, AEW was the first company to do it, where they had wrestlers in the crowd. Can you imagine how much better this would have been if if you would have just saw at the very beginning, uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis just come in and sit and one of the bleachers clear up high? Oh you know my gosh. I mean? We're yeah. here to watch. Watching. Nope, we're just watching. And he has the belt over his shoulder. Watching. You know, it would have changed the whole whole thing there. Um, upgrading their backstage vignettes would be a huge thing. Uh, they just they feel like they're recorded on a cell phone. Um, and and there's, I mean, production wise, they definitely could make some major improvements. But in the end. It's still Impact Wrestling, and that's what they are. There's still some fun things that they can do, and frankly, uh, there's some fun crossovers that could happen based purely on what's going on between them. Uh, Abaddon in AEW and Sue Young in Impact would be a fun thing to watch because they both have this undead demon character sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but, but that's that's kind of a, com- uh, a misdemeanor. You know, it really did show off their downsides, their their weaknesses uh, in that. Um, we'll move on to commendations, and and I've only got two this week. Uh, one of them mentioned it before. Commendation for Omega for retaining the AAA Mega Championship uh, today in AAA. Uh, I think storyline wise, that makes a lot of sense for him to retain it because, like you said, his whole character collecting them. Um, it would be surprising to me, but very interesting if he showed up in early January at New Japan's uh, show and won. I don't think he's going to, I don't think New Japan would give him the heavyweight, but the light heavyweight, heavyweight championship or the U.S. title, which um, that would be a ton of fun because you know who the current U.S. title holder is? Mox. John Moxley. So to have Kenny Omega show up and beat John Moxley for it would be a lot of fun. <coughs> or heck, I use it as a storyline on AEW TV where he challenges Moxley for the New Japan US Championship, beats him, and then he can go over there and fight. At... Um, and then my other commendation goes to Karrion Cross for coming back in a major way. You son of a bitch. Not just beating jobbers. Um, TikTok. For him to come out and powerbomb Damian Priest uh, was a big power move. And, you know, I, I totally expected him to come back and kind of do what he was doing, come out and beat, you know. I thought he, I thought he'd attack Champa. For first name dot last name um, jobber, but he did not. He went straight after a relatively big name, and that's the way they need to do it. TikTok. Yeah, I mean, uh, as good a product as AEW puts out, um, that the reason Wednesday night's the best night in wrestling is not just the EW by itself. It's both of them. It's the fact that both exist that way. Um, and they're, they're both great products, whether or not they were going to each other. I don't know if AEW intentionally chose Wednesday night to go after um, NXT, you know, the, the internet only show. Um, I do know that NXT went to televised because of AEW. Um, so I, I, I know that there's that reaction, but either way, best night in wrestling by far. 
Yes, yes, yes. Frequently, yeah. including Sundays and Saturdays. <laughs> yep. Because we so we so frequently get them trying to one up the pay per view on Wednesday night. One up the upcoming pay per view that you're just like, oh my gosh, we're getting the best night in wrestling. Even if we couldn't watch pay per views, like it reminds me of being in high school again when my parents there was no way in Hades they were gonna buy the pay per view. Um, that's okay. The better shows frequently were Monday nights, right after or right um, back. And now the better show frequently is Wednesday nights, better than the pay per views. So yeah, that was one of my commendations was was uh, Carrie Cross TikTok baby. Oh my gosh. I still, I get chills, man. Like, like, you need to replace the Undertaker. You got it. This is the guy who can give people chills all the time. So the feet. Is it wrong that I feel just a, a weird sense of pride knowing how much you love Karrion Cross after speaking so highly of him as Killer Cross? Cross yeah, uh, well, I, I don't know who Killer Cross is. Karrion's bad. <laughs> brother that went to WWE. I don't know. Yeah. But. I, I will say that I think Damian Priest is better as Damian Priest than Punishment Martinez. I know you like Punishment Martinez than me, but he's done some serious development in NXT. Serious development. Oh, I the thing is, if you watch his Ring of Honor matches, his ring skills haven't haven't changed, but his character work has gotten better. I'll, I'll be the first. I just still think Punishment Martinez is a better name. Uh, I think he could do the exact same character as Punishment Martinez uh, and be just fine. But it's possible. But F like people have their own names. Yeah, heaven forbid. So, um, my other commendation, because both have the same, um, was to you for just sticking with all this. This is uh, this is not easy, um, and and I would give one to JLB for for taking up the mantle of the extra show I wanted to, um, and being the other guy on that. Um, but at the end of the day, you're the guy who does the production on that, and so. You know, you've, you've taken up a mantle, and we, we, being JLB and myself, really appreciate it because um, somewhere out there, there are some hundreds of fans, thousands of fans, millions and millions of future fans of Raw and Order that uh, have to be seen. So, yeah, that was my little kiss-ass moment. Now I'm going to tell you, you suck for taking Carrie across. <laughs> but on that note, we will probably start to wrap things up uh, for this particular show. Um, I always tell people to like, share, and subscribe. Make sure you click whatever the button is on whatever podcast platform you use. Make sure you get notified of every episode as it's posted. Uh, share this. It's the easiest and free way to support us by just clicking that share button and sending a tweet or a Facebook post or a parlor post or whatever out to your friends. Um, I don't know what Ooh, you call. Hurts. I don't know what you call a parlor post. A parlor. I, I believe they're called parlays. Yeah. Um, whatever. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabe at DA Vincent K Fabe. 
And you can follow JLB if you want. It's uh, at JLB420. Real Talk Radio is the brand. Uh, Real Talk Radio 8. Um, and he's going to, I don't know, do some shit about Big Brother sometime. He feels like it. He's got a website that he never updates, so I'm not going to bother him that right now. Um, I mentioned before, but I'll mention it again. Patreon.com slash RawOrderWBU. Uh, you can become a patron there. Send just three bucks a month our way. Uh, it helps more than you possibly could know to do that and get access to some sweet perks. We actually opened up one perk, though, so I want to talk about that. Uh, previously, to get invited to our Discord server, you had to be a patron, but we've decided to open it up to anyone at the base level. So you can hop Brand on Discord. Limited time. You can hop on Discord and you can join our channel. Um, I will have the link to our channel in uh, on my Twitter or in the doobly-doos. We've got a link tree that you go to to uh, find it there as well. Uh, but you can hop on there to chat directly with us. We do still have a channel on there that's going to be Patreon only. So uh, if you sponsor us on Patreon, you'll get access to exclusive uh, channel there and be able to chat amongst yourselves and chat with us directly that way and get, um, you know, a little VIP access for that. But uh, so, like I said, look look on uh, for the announcement on our social medias as to the link for our, Patre- our, our Discord server that you can join and have fun and talk to us that way. Um, it will be really fun because uh, in the future we'll start to tweet out our recording schedule. You won't be able to listen as we record right now, um, although eventually we might open that up, I'm not sure. But uh, you will be able to, while we're recording, just send us messages in real time on, on Discord and uh, we might specifically just go like, hey, let's read this out, let's answer this question right now. Um, so, so hop on our Discord server, uh, have a lot of fun there. Otherwise, if you want to support us, you can go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash WBU. You can buy a t-shirt um, or a mask or a hat, uh, something like that to support us that way. Uh, every little bit helps. Uh, you know, we would love to do this full time and, and uh, make money doing this, but right now it's a hobby and uh, it would be nice to be able to pay something delivers based off of it, you know. Uh, yeah. Get a website up and running for it. All that. There's some sweet uh, stretch goals on Patreon. Where if we get a certain number of subscribers, we'll start adding some new content, um, uh, Patreon exclusive, as well as some other stuff. The first stretch goal comes down to this. We had a request from uh, a listener out there, uh, listening to this particular show uh, as we talk about it here. He uh, requested us to do something that we didn't normally do. Um, normally we do uh, talk about the shows. Um, we talk a little bit about the pay-per-views and all this stuff. But uh, Nick requested that we do a full pay-per-view watch-along um, for a specific pay-per-view. And it's not something we've done before, um, but we're kind of putting it out there. If we can get uh, a certain number of patron backers on Patreon, we'll start doing that weekly. Not weekly, monthly. 
Oh, was dug us a hole there. Thanks for, thanks for four hours a week of my time, Mr. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. Monthly. We'll do a monthly full pay-per-view review of a classic pay-per-view. Previously, we would just do like recap and and whatever, but a full watch along of uh, pay-per-view. The one he wants us to do um, should be a lot of fun. So um, we'll probably end up doing it just because I think it sounds like fun to do. But for us to continue to do it on a regular would be something uh, that I think we would need a little bit of, of push to, to be able to dedicate another three to four hours every month uh, for something um, to actually do as a watch along. Uh, but so uh, head on over to patreon.com slash WV. You can see the stretch goals. we got a couple other stretch goals on there um, that will be a lot of fun if we can make it to those. But the first one is just this monthly pay-per-view watch. Uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, JLB and DA Fabe do the botch along where they typically watch things that are a little hard to watch. So this would be a little <laughs> bit more fun to watch something that would be a little bit more fun to watch. But on that, that part note, of my other commendation, I completely forgot um, that I was going to say good job to you having a plethora of knowledge about crappy stuff. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I still haven't chosen your, your botch along for the end of the year. Yeah, well, it's getting recorded next week, so I hope you're hurry. I'll, I'll figure it out here soon. But on that note, we will uh, close the book on the wrestling booking unit for this week. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed this show. Uh, we will see you soon with a visit from the FEI. Thank you all for listening.